Hey there guys, welcome back to another episode of Success, Lifestyle and Laughter with myself, Coach Rob Latibodier and Emma Hyman, the Posing Pro. We give you actionable steps in order to supercharge your life, whether it be in your business, sporting world, private life or relationships, you will get all of that in this podcast. We bring you lots of interesting, actionable content and interviews without the BS. So if you're looking for inspiration, motivation, and a bit of fun, this is the place to be. Hey there, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Success, Lifestyle, and Laughter um, with the lovely Emma and myself. Yes. Hello. 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 And um, I'm super excited today because, as we've said previously, we're going to be talking a little bit about our backgrounds and we're going to give you some more in-depth detail about how things, yeah, about <laughs> us, about how it began and where the journey started and our backgrounds, our lives, all that sort of stuff yeah. for those of you that are interested. And, um, you know, it's been fantastic because we've had quite a few messages from people who've listened to the previous podcasts uh, where we mentioned that we're going to do this and asked us when it's going to happen. So yeah. it's happening it's right happening now. right now. So, <laughs> so we're going to start with Emma's. Yes. And we're going to delve into your background. My and we'll background. do mine another week. Yes. And, um, and we're just going to find out a bit more about you, the journey, where it all began. So start, Emma, tell us, where did it begin? Where, 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 where do you want me journey? to start? How far back do I go? Childhood tell us a bit or? about your background. Yeah, tell us where, how you grew up, where you grew okay. up, where, where you emanate from. There's a bit of an accent there, there isn't is, there? It's a little bit of a mixed up it's, accent. It's People are always now, a little bit confused. Yeah. They're always like trying to work out where I'm from. So here's the backstory at the very beginning. I um, was born in Newcastle. Um, I Geordie lass. Yeah, I'm a Geordie lass, but I don't really have a Geordie accent anymore. Because when I moved to Leeds, I actually disliked the sound of my own voice so much. (laughs) And I thought it sounded so common that I just really tried to get rid of it. Yeah. Did you actually work on that then? I didn't didn't work on it, but I mentally made a mental note to try and not sound so Geordie. Yeah. Yeah. And just ever since then, I think as well, because when you go to uni, you start to meet people from different backgrounds, people with different accents. Mm. And I started to work um, with people that were slightly older than me and they were maybe from down south. And and I I think just from there, naturally, my accent just evolved. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. But hey, that's cool. But when you go to a new city, you always realise your accent a lot more than when you're in that city, don't you? Absolutely. So it stands out, doesn't it? It does. Like when I go to London, I always realise, Christ, I sound really Yorkshire. And I think (laughs) as well, because I travelled quite a lot when when I was like 18 plus, I spent some time in New York and I think even moving over there, it, it was, I think I, I kind of just picked up a little bit of a, an American twang, twang yeah. which then when I came back, it kind of evolved, it kind of went a little bit, but I, kept, I held a little bit of an essence of it. So I think my accent is a little bit like accent neutral. You know, some people like gender neutral. Oh, yeah. I think my accent's like accent, <laughs> accent neutral. neutral. <laughs> I don't think it's neutral. Oh, is it not? No. What is it? It's not neutral. <laughs> <laughs> it's where, not neutral. If you met me and you didn't know me, where would you think I was from? I don't know because I'm used to you now. So, <laughs> but 
You'd be northern. I definitely don't sound you Yorkshire. Defi- you'd be northern, but I definitely don't sound like a Georgie. But there is little elements of it. Yeah. Um. So you, you'd have elements of it. Different. Areas. I'd just say you was north. North. She's from the north. From the north. She's from the north. So then what happened? So, so, okay, what, so where, anyway, where, I'm where digressing you know, again. What, okay. what happened? How did so, you get to Leeds? What was yeah. the journey? What was the journey? So I am um, from Newcastle. I danced. Dance is my background. It's my passion. And I danced ever since I was three years old. I competed mm. all the way through my childhood. So I did dance competitions across the UK. And I knew I always just wanted to dance. That was my passion. And it's something that I just worked super, super hard at. And I then got a little bit older and knew I wanted to dance, but kind of didn't know what direction I could go in it. I, was, I wasn't I was sure on what kind of career path you could take as a dancer. Mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't an actress. I knew I wasn't a singer. So I kind of knew at, at about 16 years old, okay, I don't act and I don't sing, so I'm not going to be your typical musical theatre dancer. What are my other options? So at the age of 14, actually, I did um, did a GCSE in dance, and it was contemporary dance, which was completely new to me. I was from a totally different background and style of dance, and so I started to learn contemporary, which is um, a really strong foundation and, and base line and structure of of how you move and how you dance so it kind of gave me a different kind of understanding and technique of what actually dance was and it gave me probably a little bit more discipline in my technique because prior to that I wasn't a ballerina um I wasn't a stage school dancer I was a freestyle dancer which was if anyone knows about freestyle it was disco so it's it's there is a technique to it but it's very much so about speed Mm. flexibility and um precision Mm. so uh, so so yeah so that was my background and I went on to I started auditioning for dance schools I knew I wanted to then do contemporary dance and I auditioned for a couple of schools down in London I then auditioned for a one in Leeds hated London didn't like the, the the vibe or the energy I just found it a little bit overwhelming so I knew I wasn't quite ready for that kind of shift Leeds, as soon as I auditioned in Leeds, I knew immediately this is where I want to be. How old was he then? I, when I auditioned, I would have been 17. Right. So I went to college, studied dance, did, mm-hmm. a, con- did a, um, a, a contemporary dance course, which then got me the qualifications to then apply to professional dance schools. So I auditioned at the Northern School of Contemporary Dance, which is... At the time, it was probably like the second best school in Europe to go to. Yeah. So it's a very credible Absolutely. school. If anyone is from Leeds, Chapel yeah. Town, you know, it's um, it plays a big part in the Leeds Leeds um, community. Yeah. So I went there, trained there for three years, and I I was always one of those dancers. I I did really well without having to give a hundred percent. Yeah. And I was, I was that dancer that was in top set and didn't really have to work too hard for it. And, but at the same time, had I have worked to a hundred percent, I would have been unstoppable. Yeah. So I was a little bit lazy, I would maybe say, mm. um, knew how hard I had to work to, to, to do really well, but had I have worked super hard, I would have just being exceptional. Mm. But I got by on being great. So, 
from there, why aren't you a dancer? Where was the shift? Okay, so I did dance professionally for 10 years. Right. Um, I graduated when I was 21. And as soon as I finished at the Northern School of Contemporary Dance, I was a little bit, wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Everyone was auditioning for contemporary dance companies. And I was just a bit like, mm. I need to go and do something else. Variety. Need a little bit of something yeah. else. Yeah. So I was flicking through this magazine in, in, the, in the library at, at, at dance school. Yeah. And I came across this advert and I was just reading through it. And it was like, um, the, the hip hop dance conservatory is looking for dancers in New York to come and train as part of a summer program. And I thought- You saw New York, didn't you? I saw New York and I saw <laughs> hip hop and I was like- I mean. I'm in. That's I need. I need to go there. Yeah. So I don't. I don't. I paid for it myself. I think that the course was something like fifteen hundred quid. Mm-hmm. Booked the flights, and I was like, I'm going. I'm like twenty one. I'm off to New York by myself. My mum put me on my on the flight. Cried when she popped <laughs> me off to New York, and landed in New York. And I remember just being landing and thinking, oh. Shit. Okay. Shit got real. Shit got real, real quick. <laughs> and thinking, oh my God, what do I do? I'm in New York. Mm. And I'm staying in Brooklyn yeah. in in a um, in a hostel. Right. Totally. I'm, I'm like, I'd, I'd worked abroad whilst I was a student, uh, but it was always with someone. It was the kind of the first time I'd gone somewhere by myself. Mm-hmm. And I remember at that stage, Facebook was, was had just started. Right. So MySpace had gone and Facebook had come up. And I obviously on Facebook, it was like, ask a question. That's what the the title used to say, you know, on the feed. So I wrote, what's the best way to get used to New York? (laughs) And someone wrote, go out and explore. So I remember going to the corner shop. (laughs) I had no food because you literally, you arrive at a hostel and it's fend for yourself. Yeah. They don't, there's no one, there's there's no. It's not a hotel. No one shows you around. (laughs) You can't order room service. You got to work it out yourself real quick. I remember going to the corner shop in Brooklyn and thinking, firstly, oh my God, I'm in Brooklyn. This is very surreal. Going to the corner shop in America and all I had, I didn't know the value of the money. And I remember going into Brooklyn to the corner shop where it's 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 a different world. It's like, what, it is a totally different world. Mm. Standing out like a sore thumb, first of all. I'm a white girl mm. in, in Brooklyn going mm. to the corner shop with a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> And I remember the guy behind the counter, I think I bought like cereal, a muffin and some water and I paid him a hundred dollar bill. And he just looked at me like, are you for real? Like girl, 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 Girl. Um, what you doing? What you doing? So, so yes. So I stayed in New York for three months, which was an exceptional experience. It was definitely a real turning point for me because I was put into a situation and an environment where I couldn't slack. Mm. I couldn't be just great. I had to be exceptional yeah. because the um, the principal of the of the academy, Safi, who hopefully he'll watch this. We're still friends now. He he came from a military background, and his his teaching style was very strict. And mm. I then looking back now. When we arrived, he tried to break every single one of us down immediately in order to rebuild us. Right. And by like doing that, military. yeah, ex- ex- exactly that. And by doing that, he it was just physically 
physically push you to another level, dis- tried to discipline you by, you know, making you do certain exercises or or doing certain academic things. And I, I, I battled a little bit with the academic side mm. because I was 21. I'd just graduated. I've just wrote a dis- dissertation. I've got a degree. You were done. I don't need to write to you. You what were done, I, wasn't you? I remember we over were given it. A, I was over it. <laughs> yeah. You were given a, a written assignment and it was like, you had to write down what your, what your 10 years, what your 10 year plan was. And I was literally like, fuck off I am not doing it I'm not doing it and I was just digging my heels in Mm. but the dance side of it it was difficult but I thrived on that because I loved it like we used to do this exercise we did two exercises at the beginning of class and one of them was called arms out Mm. so we had to stand with our arms out straight for seven minutes stretch to the sides of you out for those people who aren't watching the oh yeah so if you're not watching the video my arms are stretched out to the side and you had to hold your arms out straight to the side for seven minutes i kid you not get two minutes in and your arms have have a mind of their own and they start to drop but we had to push through it because if you dropped everyone started from one again really yeah so he definitely brought the army to brought the army to the studio (laughs) and it very i very quickly learned that okay this is this is this is a, a team environment. If I quit, someone else ha- gets the consequence as well. But I was happy to apply that in the studio. But when it came to the written work, I refused to do it. I just refused. Really. So I remember one day I, I, I rocked up and I was so like, petulant. I was like, I'm not doing it. I don't want to write an essay. Why? I don't need to. I don't need to write this. We got there and our whole group we were meant to do 100 push-ups because really? I hadn't written my essay. <laughs> Excellent. Oh my god. So <laughs> So I um so yeah, so it was a really great experience and it I brought that that dynamic and that energy and that approach to teaching to my own teaching when I came back to the UK because mm-hmm. I started to teach quite quickly. Um and I then also carried that mindset and that discipline to the studio whether I was on a job doing rehearsals or, you know, um, if I if I was in a, a team environment, I would take that dynamic and, and really try and teach others as well mm-hmm. with with what I had learned from Safi. So that really, I, I strongly believe it gave me a very strong platform yeah. in how I, into how I grew and progressed as a dancer and as a person. Yeah. Um, and it would have obviously given you a strong mindset as well in terms of just get shit done. Get shit done. Yeah. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't complain. That, that, Don't quit. Don't, Don't quit. It, it's just got to get done. It's got to get done. Mm. So in, in <clears throat> if we were in a rehearsal environment, you know, some people weren't... I remember as well when we first started in New York, a lot of people, it was a shock to them. But I, I wasn't shocked. I just knew this is how we work in New York. Mm. This, this, is, this is the training. And I'm, I don't complain, complain about it. It's just it. that standard. That's that's, that's what standard. I, that's what's required of me. Yeah. I ha- I can't I can't afford to yeah. sit back and just get by on being great. Yeah. I, ha- I, ha- I had to work. I had to work to my full potential. So what potential. did you do at the end of that? So I came back to New came York. Back. Came back to the UK, and ironically, jumped out of a window and broke my foot. <laughs> Which, as you know, as you do, that's a whole different story. It's a whole new story. Yeah, and it wasn't anything crazy. I would just, ironically, I'd come back, actually, with a mindset. I'm invincible. I can do anything. You know, I got locked in my friend's house, and I had to get to rehearsals. Mm. And it was like, I've got to get there. If I don't get to rehearsals, I don't get the job. 
So I, the only way to get out of the, the house was to jump out of this first floor window, which I did, and then broke my foot and then tried to continue hobbling down the street to rehearsals. <laughs> Needless to say, I did not make it to rehearsals and I was out of it for approximately three months, had to move back home to Newcastle with my parents. And at that stage, it made me realise, okay, I'm not invincible. I need some sort of backup. And, you know, if I do get injured again whilst I'm being a dancer, I need to have some yeah. sort of income. Then I had nothing. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't make any money. I couldn't work. Mm. I had to sign on at the at the, mm. the job centre. Um, and it was it was quite it was a frustrating time for me because I, I felt like I had to completely start from scratch again. So moved back to Leeds, started dancing again. Then I started teaching. And I then also then started to realise, OK, what else can I do that I'm interested in that would also work alongside being a dancer and it needed to be flexible. So I became a fitness instructor. Right. So I worked at the gym and started to do, got into fitness. That obviously went kind of hand in hand with dance. And I did that until I started, I did my fitness qualifications and then I went on to personal training, which then I got to about the age of 27. So that was about 21 when that happened yeah. and spent about five years doing both. I'd been dancing professionally since I was at college because I already started working professionally as a dancer yeah. um, and did contracts for the likes of Adidas, um, MTV, the, we danced at the EMAs. Like I, I did it all. I got a, a great amount of experience. And um, when, when I got to about the age of 27, my personal training business was just through the roof. Mm. It was, it got, I got to capacity, but then it started to go, right, okay, do I take a dance job for £200 where I, I actually lose two full days? It's yeah. not just one day, it's two. Mm. And the rehearsals means I can't PT, so I lose money PT. And then doing the job, also I lost another day of PT. So when I broke it down, I was like, actually doing a dance job for £200 actually kind of loses me 400 Yeah. So... I then start to to slowly turn down the dance work and just PT more, and then I just decided I need to st I need to to just really pull back on on the dancing and the teaching and focus more on the personal training. So started personal training and just kind of took that path a little bit more. And then the next step was the the gym that I worked at. I was um, I worked around like some other bodybuilders. Um, shout out to Ricky Moore and Tracy Dugan, who were two huge, huge influences and yeah. idols in as, as I was coming up through fitness. And I decided, okay, I'm going to do a show. I'm going to do a bodybuilding show. Mm -hmm. So when I first started to compete, there was only really two relevant federations, which was NABA and the UK BFF. Well, things have changed now, haven't they? Massively changed. There wasn't a lot of... Uh, there wasn't many options to go competing wise. So I decided just because of the people that I knew that I would go down the NABBA route, which meant I did tone figure. So I remember prepping for my first show and um, and going to the likes of Ricky Moore and Tracy, I'm going to win. I'm going to go in and I'm going to smash it. I'd never watched a show. Um, I ha at that at that time there wasn't a lot on social media. I don't even think there was an Instagram. Maybe well, there, there was. Instagram. I don't think there. Not two thousand and thirteen. 
Oh no, my first post was in 2000. Yes, they were just started, but there wasn't a lot of content out no, there. No. There wasn't a lot on YouTube. I used to get like two likes. Oh yes. Yeah, Nobody was on it. Nobody it? was on it, there. Everyone told me it's for kids. At the exactly. Time. It's just for people to post pictures. Yeah. So I, um, I did my first show and absolutely loved it. But at the same time was totally not out of my depth because to say it was my first show, I didn't place. Mm. They, uh, they placed top six and I came seventh. So I was like, okay. This is all right, okay. but absolutely adored it. Um, fully. Was that the start? Was that that get the was taste that right? was the taste? And I remember in my first mm. show, I was literally like a sponge, and I had the other girls. I was on stage. My posing was rubbish. Mm. Didn't really know. I knew what I was doing, but there was no posing coaches back then. So you know, someone could teach you loosely what you should do on stage. Mm. They pretty much just taught you what they knew worked for them. And I remember getting on stage and being in the lineup and looking at the girl in front of me, who was Kelsey Young, who at the time was Miss UK, Miss Universe, Miss World, mm-hmm. 10 times over. She was amazing. And looking at her in front of me and I was posing, I was thinking, as a dancer, you learn how to um, emulate a choreographer. Mm-hmm. So you learn how to make your body look like their body and make the same shapes. And I remember looking at Kelsey and thinking, what? Well, she stood different to me. So on stage, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm trying to copy her you're as I'm on stage. I'm like, let me, oh, let me just drop this arm and let me just stick my butt out a little bit more. And um, it was it was a real, real great experience. I, I, and I remember as well being off stage and going to the girls. Obviously, I was the new girl. And I was going, what happens next? When do I do my routine? When do, when, when do the quarter turns happen? Um, and... It, <laughs> It was it was a huge eye opener. <laughs> so needless to say, I was hooked. You was in. I was in. Was I was it? in. That was, that the, was start. the start. That was so the then start. What happened? Let's fast forward a little bit. Fast so forward. You, you had a, a couple of more shows. Yeah. And I competed every single season for three years. Mm-hmm. Slowly worked my way up the ranks. Um, every single show, I would look back at my pictures. I would assess my physique. I would compare myself to the other girls. Right, what have they got that I've not got? I naturally have quite a slight frame. Like mm-hmm. naturally, dancer, slim, not heaps of muscle. So I had to build. It took me a long time to build the muscle and build the frame that was was. Um, worthy yeah. of of a of a high places or, yeah. or you know that top six that I get top six and then I get top four I get top four and then I get top three and slowly just working my way up the ranks improving the condition got a little bit better the shape improved a little bit more the stage presentation was getting better and better I was fine tuning I was playing around with shapes and angles and just really starting to really starting to fully immerse myself in the craft yeah um and just really growing to be very passionate about it. And I loved being on stage. Mm. It, obviously, being a dancer, you love that element of performance and and, and connecting with, with the judges and, and the audience. And from the very first show, although I didn't place, I was immediately recognised as being a good performer. Like, I, my, my first routine, I won best presentation. Mm. You know, so I, I already knew, oh, got something here I can be I can be good at this yeah. and I remember like in the very very beginning after my first couple of shows saying to um my coach at the time saying I'm gonna be British champion it's gonna happen and was that the first show 
first or second show. A couple of shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you always had that. Always that had it. That. I'm going to be, at some point, I will be British champion. And I'm very much so like that anyway. I'm, I'm, I have a I have a mindset and I don't, maybe this comes from the dance background and, you know, you audition, you get knocked back, you go again and you just keep going until you get the job that you want. Yeah. Um, and that probably has just transitioned over to my, my mindset as, as a person anyway. So who was teaching you how to pose all this time? So I worked with um, with an ex-British champion called Sharon Carty, who is, I think, I don't know if she's still a NABBA judge, but she she helped me with my posing. And um, and then after that, I just, obviously because I'd, I, I danced and I could learn and watch and look at how is she doing that? How is she hitting that angle? What makes her waist look smaller? I was just trying to copy the other girls. Mm-hmm. So I would just so for those so those who are listening who are not from a bodybuilding okay, background because yeah. obviously we've got a hell of a lot of followers now yes. from all different backgrounds this is and true. a lot of my people who follow me mm. aren't necessarily into bodybuilding and and they don't yeah. really understand a lot of this terminology and stuff. What's the importance of you know posing? What's posing? Why don't you just get twelve people on stage and just have them stand there and let the judges look at them? And go, <laughs> You've got the best physique. Yeah. You're third and you're well, fourth. Well, if you think about it, when you're just stood in a relaxed state completely relaxed mm. nothing's on show so the you don't, don't you can't see you can't see the shape right. you can't see you know the, the lap spread the, the shoulder cap the the, the <laughs> for anyone who's not watching the video right now rob light is doing a lovely double bicep for us all <laughs> um so it's 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 very very important and i think from since i started um so just just before you get into that but so for this posing, mm-hmm. there's a set way of doing it. Yes. Yeah, so when you do a bodybuilding show, you are there's there's, there's a, um, a, a there's a number of poses that are required that you get judged on in a lineup, and you're judged by the via the other competitors, and you have to fit a criteria. Mm-hmm. So if you aren't presenting and posing yourself to your full potential, you won't get the place in that you deserve. So posing is very, very important. And I think when I, when I first started competing, the level of posing or, or the, the, the focus on posing was a little bit underrated. Right. And there's definitely been a huge shift in the past five, six years of the importance of posing. When I first, even, even before I started posing coaching, there wasn't really any posing coaches and I just I just happened to fall on it because people wanted my help with routines. Yeah. So so yeah, so I so three years did every show back to back to back, the presentation improved. I was bringing a more polished, more refined physique and also presentation and also look. So every time it was getting better and better and, and my eye was becoming more trained. I, I knew what the judges were looking for. Um, and I won my first show in 2016. So right. started in 2013. Didn't right. get a win for three years. Mm-hmm. Did not fucking take my foot off the gas. Did every single season. And I just knew, I knew eventually, I just knew my time would come. But say, saying that... In the in the 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 final show that I did the UK, I was kind of at a point where I was like, "This is the best I've ever looked. If I do not win today, 
there's, there's, I have to start questioning why. Yeah. You know, there's got to be a level where you go, this is actually, I'm, I'm, I know I'm peaking right now. I know I'm bringing my absolute best to date. If I don't make it, I need to go back to the drawing board. What is going wrong? What yeah. am I? What am I not doing right? Or what yeah. am I not bringing? So, so were you at the near the end of your tether? But yeah, you was, yeah, yeah, you were getting like because it was three years deep, and although yeah. I still had a level of self belief, there was still a level of if I don't get this, mm. if I do not win this show, oh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. So luckily, I won. Um, and it, ironically, uh, the show that I won was the first ever show that I did three years previous. So it oh. was the NABBA UK. That was my first title. Cool. And then after that, I went on to take the NABBA British title, um, which again was my third my third attempt. Yep. And then after that, I before I'd actually even done the British finals... There was um, the the worlds, the world championships, yeah. which were happening, which was when we really started to work together. And I had decided um, I'd won the UK. I could this if I wanted to go big. Now's the time. I'm actually going to self fund myself, and I'm going to go to the world championships in Brazil. I wasn't the the chosen competitor. I was almost the underdog mm-hmm. because the 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 girl who'd won the universe, Alex Larkin, she was she was chosen as the tone figure girl, as you would expect, yeah. to go to the world championships, fully funded, um, to represent the British team. So I asked the question, "Can I go?" And based anyone who comes top three in the universe, I'd come third anyone can go to the British final to go to the world's but if you're not first place you're not funded right so okay typical Emma I'm going I'm gonna fund myself I'll take myself there so that's what I did went to the world championships and this is this was I decided to do that before the British finals so when UK British finals and then the world's so did that's round about where we started yeah we started together British finals towards the world's as well and um British finals went in and won so now I'm going to the world championships as the British champion so went to the world's with a level of expectation. Yeah. I mean, we worked together on that. Mm. And I was very much so, I was just excited to stand on a, an international, a world stage. You know, your worlds, you've got the Brazilians, you've got the Spanish, you've got the Americans, you, mm. everyone, the best of the best. Yeah. Every winner from every country is there. So I just really wanted to go and just bring the best possible package that I could. I wanted to stand on stage and look like I belonged up there with the world, the other world champions. Yeah. And uh, initially, I was like, I'd be happy to make top six. Yeah. Top three would be a dream. Yeah, um, we worked on that. We did, we did, yeah. yeah. And I still, I trained with a champion mindset, but yeah. I also didn't want to. I've also got, although we work on a champion mindset, I always, almost always want to have a level of reality. And sometimes I, I, I prefer to having as long as I'm giving everything I've got to every single session and I'm working, living, eating, training like a champion. Bringing your best. Bringing my absolute best. Absolutely. I also want to have a, a level of reality where I am stepping onto a world world stage mm. and I, I'm going to be up against it. Yeah. So I'm, I might not win. And I'd rather always have, for me, it's important to have an underlying fear that I might not win because that actually drives me more. Yeah. So went to the Worlds, 
was thinking the dream would be top three and stood on stage. Uh, I, I brought my best package. It's probably one of my most favourite looks yeah. that I brought. Really, really nice package. Um, and stood on stage. They, um, where they call out top six, sixth place, not me. Maybe I'm not in top six. No, because they, sorry, they bring top six to the stage. So, okay, I'm in top six somewhere. Okay. Top six. Oh, not me. Okay. Might get fifth or fourth. This is exciting. (laughs) Fifth place. Not me. Fourth place. Still not me. So this is a bit like them, so those, like, those 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 um, Miss World Beauty pageants. Yeah. Every time they call someone, you're thinking, like, oh my god, oh, maybe, oh, maybe. Uh, so then I'm like, bloody fantastic! I've top made three. top three. Yeah. Call third place. Our other UK girl, Natalie McKenna. She went in place of Alex. Um, third place. So I'm like, top two. I'm at, I'm second place. Oh my god. That's awesome. But you was chuffed. At this I point. was buzzing. Like, literally, <laughs> top three was my absolute dream. Never, ever expected to be on stage amongst those girls and take anything mm. anything more than that. Call second place. It's not me. It's the girls stood next to us. So I'm literally like, what? What the, what the actual hell? <laughs> One. One. The Nabba Worlds. Um, so, yeah, really, really... Freaking fantastic moment. I've got, I've got, I've been, you know, off the bounce. UK, British, now the world. Right next, what have I got? The universe. Triple, quadruple. Mm. No one's done that. No tone figure girl has got all four. Yeah. So I came back, had momentum, foot was on the gas. Training was intense. It was hard. Now, obviously, I've been in tone figure for three years. As you grow and you train, your physique progresses. Mm. You grow. Yeah. You get leaner every time you compete. You bring a better package. You know, the condition gets better. The size gets better. You make, you improve. And I took a completely different package to the universe that I'd probably taken to the UK, to the British and to the Worlds. So I think I did the Worlds in, in June. And then the universe was November time. In that time... Uh, my body just, I, I, I was already probably at the peak of the criteria. Because obviously yeah. each 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 category has a, has a criteria. You have to be in line with that criteria. I was at the top end already with winning the world. So mm-hmm. I couldn't really afford to put much more on. But sometimes you just don't realise. And you, you're in such a like, such a, a mental state of, yes, I've got this universe. Let's train hard. Let's go harder. Yeah. Let's improve. And I just was just too big. I was just, I'd just outgrown the category. Yeah. So went to the universe, got moved out of the the toned figure category. Um, there was a little bit of controversy around it because I was moved, wasn't given an option. Usually, usually the athletes are, are told, the judges think you would do better in this, in this category. If you go back on in this, category you may be marked down and that's up to you what you want to do mm-hmm. unfortunately we weren't told this we were just told you go on stage as trained figure which anyone who doesn't know is two levels up and mm-hmm. um, so wasn't even going to athletic figure because it didn't exist we were going into trains so that's like imagine someone being 
being um, a bikini girl going into a bodybuilding category. Yeah. That's the jump. And I was like, I'm not trained figure. Like, it's not fair to move me to into that category and judge me on that criteria because, firstly, it's not what I've trained for. Secondly, it's not what I've prepped for. And I'm, this is not my category. Yeah. But they, we were just told, you do that or you do nothing. So... I've got family and friends in the audience. I've trained for how long for this moment? Okay, you know what? I'm getting on this stage. And do you know what? I'm going to give you a right old show. And I'm literally, I felt, and I was a little bit, what would the word be? I was a little bit um, resilient to the judges. I don't know if that's the right word. You know, I was, I wanted to fight back at them. Resistant. Resistant to the judges and their, and, and what they had decided to do to me. I felt like it was an injustice yeah. because that is not the usual rules that are given. And this is something I've talked about openly and it's yeah. been discussed on social media. So, um, And I just thought, I'm just going to go back on stage and just show them, you know, you've made a mistake here. You, the, you, it's not fair what yeah. you're doing. So went back on and gave a great show, did it, give my absolute best, tried to adapt to my posing, even though I was loosely posing coaching at that stage, I hadn't practiced on myself as a trained figure girl. Yeah. So I didn't really know what exactly I should be doing. I just knew, okay, from the front, I can make myself look a little bit harder or leaner in this, in this pose. I winged it, I winged it. But thankfully at this stage, my presentation was of a very high standard. So immediately put me in a criteria that maybe wasn't mine, wasn't great, but I could actually outpose some of the other trained figure girls yeah. because they still brought nice lines and angles and I still had a level of condition that was maybe more than toned. Um, Which again shows the importance of the correct posing. Exactly, exactly. How you can change. How you can change your posing. I, mm. I immediately adapted some of my poses because I knew they would make me look bigger or yeah. more or, or showcase more condition yeah. so um i managed to play sixth mm. in the universe for trained figure and there was a little bit of an uproar from the other trained figure girls but i understand why the judges did it because yeah. i still probably fit the criteria a little bit better than some of the other trained figure girls mm. and i still had a very aesthetically pleasing look sometimes yeah. with with trained figure, we can migrate away from the, the basis and the fundamentals of the criteria. Yeah. So um, what was the mindset after that? Were you, because I remember that time mm, quite well. Yeah. So how were you feeling? You know, what was the mindset that were you disappointed? Were you, were you resilient? Were you kind of like, well, do you I know just, what? It's done now. I kind of just took it on the chin. Yeah. You know, I, I understood where the judges came from. I respected that. They, they decided I didn't fit the criteria anymore. It was more of, I was upset with how we had been treated and how it had been handled and how our how our um, choice had been taken away from us. It shouldn't have been, but they did it to make an example out of us, mm. which is it, it is what it is. It's something yeah. you you can't. I can't go back and change it. Yeah, it is what it is. So then, what happened? Where? So that was two thousand and sixteen. Yeah. Two thousand and seventeen. I started to. I took a year out because I just wasn't sure what I was going to do. I'd been. Tra I'd been competing back to back for. Um, I'd done like three years back to back. Got to two thousand and seventeen and decided to. Um, decided to. Oh, myself and my friend Kayla McDonald, Michaela. We decided to start doing some guest posing stuff together. So we came up with a little 
a duet called Sasquad. Yep. And we literally guest posed for a whole year at various different shows. We did some, we, we opened up Body Power. We um, we opened up the JP Classic. We, we had a really fun time. Yeah, I remember that was awesome, yeah. Yeah, and then at that time as well, business for me really started to grow again. So now I came to a little bit more of a crossroads, which was, okay, posing coaching is really starting to match personal training and it's actually starting to then take over personal training. Mm -hmm. So I decided with the help of you (laughs) (laughs) that I was going to go full time as a, as a posing coach, which and this was a big jump at that Big point. jump, because they took on my own studio, yeah. which was felt like a huge leap. There was a lot of fear there. A lot there? of fear, and we worked on that a lot, yeah. and we kind of, we sat down, we looked at the numbers, yeah. we looked at how much I would need to make to cover the rent, yeah. and I could still PT, um, I was given a great opportunity by a friend of mine that helped me out with the space, mm-hmm. helped me out with the kit, so I could still PT, and I had room to do posing coaching as well. Yeah. So that's when, you know, posing, the posing pro was born. Was born. I remember so thinking that was, of the name. I know, and right? We up with all this stuff and we were looking at brands and all yeah. that and building it. Yeah. And I told you. It's a really you, so fun time. Just really go for it and just oh, embrace remember, it and, and we, take it to a professional level. Exactly. And we like, we sat down and had, well, we talked a lot. So, yeah, yeah. and we really spent time. And I remember time. you saying, oh my God, I'm going to have rent and rent I know. And bills to pay. But I, was, I went from paying because I was quite lucky as a personal trainer. My rent, although I worked full time, my rent was wasn't that high it was like 200 quid a month just nothing really um to go in to pay in like more than double that for my own my own studio Mm -hmm. so that was a huge risk and thinking oh my god what about you know posing coaching doesn't take off like i think it's gonna um but i just really i think it's a great lesson though isn't it for people to just believe in yourself believe in yourself want to do just really go for it and that's what i was trying to get it's the case go for it time just Go for it. Put your all into it. And that's really what I did because it go was all in. I had to go all in and it was a case of I have to make this work because yeah. I have to pay this rent. I've got to pay this rent. I've got bills to pay. And I just really, really, really grafted my arse off for that was like 2017. Yeah. 2017, yeah. Cause I've been in the studio yeah. two years now. So back 18, yeah, 2017, because I moved in in the November. Yeah, back end. Back end of 2017, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, created the, the Pose and Pro, really just started to just work as much as I could, travel, just started traveling across the country, worked with as many people as possible, and didn't compete for a whole year. And then had been in the studio for about a year and I had started to, I started posing, um, I started judging, judging at shows. So I started to judge for the PCA, which was an excellent opportunity and gave me also just really helped with building the brand and the business. And I started to... Uh, and PCA is another bodybuilding family. Yes, anyone who doesn't know, PCA is a bodybuilding federation, which mm-hmm. is now probably one of the best in the UK. Um, and I then started to think about maybe coming back to the stage again and competing. And I started, I'd had the pleasure of sitting <coughs> next to and working with Jordan Peters on the judging panel. And we, me and Michaela, we opened his show and I'd had a bit of a chat with him at his show. And I'd always thought, I'd always said, when I come back to competing, 
and I'm going to take, if I take things to another level, I'm going to work with a coach that I deem to be the best. And Jordan, Jordan's the guy. And I decided that, okay, if I'm going to come back to the stage, I'm going to work with Jordan. I'd had a bit of a chat with him. And a huge, huge thing for me was that he, he said to me, you could be an IFBB pro. And I, at that stage, didn't believe that. So for my coach or potential coach to say that to me was, was it, it was really important that actually he could see something in me that I couldn't quite see myself. Because yeah. I just looked at the IFBB pros and I just thought they were just an, an, on another level. I really didn't think but I was that is, good. This is, um, and obviously myself being a coach, but mm. this is the sign of a good coach. And mm. you need to work with someone who sees more in you than mm-hmm. you do and who can help. Um, drive your mindset yeah. to that level mm-hmm. and uh, help drive you to that belief and, and yeah. to train and act and live yeah. to that level and yeah. that's what I used to always say to you as well you've got to live eat sleep drink live live like, like a pro like a pro and we were, you know, and we did time. that yeah. we did that a lot so mm-hmm. I think it was actually now now you say that as well it does play a huge part and it was actually really important for me that I had my coach, Jordan, that mm. believe that. And then also working with you to really install that champion mindset and to make sure that I I, I also then started to tell myself that as well. Yeah. So then it was like, okay, so like you just said, applying that champion mindset on all levels. Like, I did life. not, I, yeah. I literally... It goes outside of the gym, doesn't it? Outside. I sacrificed so much in that year to... To, to bring the best I actually could. And I did that. I, I knew I had to live, eat, breathe, conduct myself like a pro all of the time. Never miss a training session. Never miss a meal. You know, um, work on the posing. The posing, ironically, the posing side of it was probably the most difficult mm. for me for this for this category. Because Why is that being a posing teacher? Teacher, because it's, it's one thing being able to teach people because it's very easy to step outside for the and layman, you think you wouldn't have to practice. Oh God, I, I had to put more practice into this style of posing than any style I've ever done. Mm. Because the, the figure style of posing, it's super exposing. There's nowhere to hide. You cannot yeah. you cannot you cannot manip your manipulate your poses yeah. to to make yourself look better. It is literally textbook posing right. and there's no variations on anything. It, it, if you do something different, you will get marked down. Right. You have to be uniformed. So, so you have to that style time. of posing I hadn't done before. Mm. So I knew, I, I also knew that I really need to work on my, my body shape in those poses. And I had to really work to make the best of my physique to make those poses pop. And even I had a later conversation with Jordan and he said to me, I was actually really worried about your front pose because initially when you first started, it wasn't strong. It was probably the weakest, Mm. but I also knew that. So I spent a heap of time working on that front pose to execute it the best I possibly could. And it actually ended up being one of my strongest poses. Um, And I just really broke down the style of posing. Um, I even worked with a coach in America, a posing coach. Mm -hmm. 
uh, because I knew he worked with the pros. So I thought, right, you're good enough for the pros. I'm going to try you out as well, which was quite an interesting experience because I worked with him and he was great. He's amazing. But I actually just took from him what I knew worked for me. Mm-hmm. And I even, in, in one of our Skype sessions, I even said to him, that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, and I knew for a fact, probably no one's ever said that to him. Yeah. But I knew my body shape and I knew my craft. I, I was posing coaching daily at this stage, but I wasn't posing coaching a lot in this style. Mm-hmm. And But I also knew what worked well for my shape. And so I just took from him what I knew would work. I just did more research. I watched the pros. I, I, there was now more stuff available on, on 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 the internet, on YouTube. So I just researched it. I really fully, fully immersed myself in it. Like I was doing my cardio and I was watching, watching the pros. How are they doing that? How are they breaking that down? Yeah. How are they making their body shapes? I got obsessed with it. I And I'm one of those people, when I decide to do something and I... And I'm going to then, be, you know, my success rests on it. I'm going all balls in. deep. Yeah. Like, You're I'm all in. I'm, I'm all in yeah. You know, you want me to go out and go for dinner? It's not happening. You want me to train with you and I know you're not going to be on my level. It's not happening. Yeah. I'm selfish. Yeah. Like, but if you I'm, have to be. You have to be. That's the mindset we talked about, wasn't it? That champion champion's mindset. mindset saying, Nothing is coming in the way yeah. of me and what I am bringing to this stage. And I, when I, you know, when I work with people and um, quite often they, they come to me, especially in sports, if they want to achieve something you can see very quickly whether they've got that or yeah. not or got the potential for that mm. or not. And working with them to help them get that mindset, mm. they get very surprised when I start talking to them about daily habits in their lives, mm. their relationships, yeah. going to bed, sleep, yeah. eat. You know, everything. And they're like, you know, it goes deeper than that. When it, you want to be the number one in your craft, mm-hmm. and I think even outside of sport, if you Absolutely. want to be the number one, in anything yeah and I remember my my life my life for a year was literally I'd get up go do I'd go do my cardio I'd coach in my studio all day like I'd do maybe anything between six and eight sessions I'd then go and do my weight session in the evening I'd go home open my laptop answer emails till about 12 or one o'clock yeah I talked to you a lot about this and it it was a lot but I literally did nothing else. Didn't have a didn't have a boyfriend. Yeah. Like I remember my friend that I lived with at the time, she luckily she got it, but she had a boyfriend and I knew that he didn't get it because I would literally come home. I'm not interested in being social. I'm not here to make small talk. I don't care about your day. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. I'm not interested. Yeah. I'm on I'm on a journey. Yeah. I've got a purpose. I'm gunning for something. I have to bring my absolute best. So if that means I go home, I make my tea, I don't make conversation, I go straight to bed, I shower, I answer my emails, I sleep, I get up, I do the same thing the next day. Yeah. That was it. I didn't yeah. do anything else. Um, it's I, brutal, isn't it? It's brutal. And it's brutal. Want, but I wanted it. Yeah. I was so desperate. Oh. Mm-hmm. And also, not only that, I I wanted I wanted to win. 
Yeah. I wanted to win so, so, so badly. And it needed that type of work, though, to get there, mm. because I remember at the time as well, you know, we went deep on this, and mm. there was a lot of fear for you, mm. because you'd been out for a little while. I'd been out for a while, and also, at this mm. stage, my my <coughs> profile was different. Yeah. Like, when I was... Your con- profile had grown, and, yeah. you know, the work we'd done on the posing pro... Yeah. ...had now took off. Exactly. It had gone next so level. There was a level of expectation. Yeah. I'm the posing pro. Yeah. You know, and I don't mean that in a big-headed way, but I, I built yeah. a different reputation kind of away from the stage, but yeah. at the same time, people were like, oh, what's she going to bring? I remember we did a session, actually, at my house, and um, we was talking about all this, and you had massive fear about the comeback. It, it was almost like the comeback, wasn't it? Because you've been out now over I'd, a year. Yeah, it'd been, I'd had yeah. a year out. A year out, mm-hmm. the expectation And was I was high. stepping up to a different category. I wasn't, yeah. Toad Figure was a safe place. Yeah. I was stepping up now to a category, pro category. Yeah. Like, oh my God, was I going to be good enough? You know, was I going to bring it? Uh, would I yeah. Would I fail? Like, would I win? Oh. And then there was that added thing where we was talking about, you was worried about, if I lose, what's going to happen? It, does it affect my Will it affect brand? the business? Does it affect the business? Yeah. It's like, oh, you're posing properly. You didn't do very well. You didn't well. win. You didn't do very well over yeah. there, did you? you yeah. Know? So we had to work so on getting rid of pressure. all of that and just having that focus on being the best version mm. of you every mm. day. That was mm. it. Mm. And we uh, did. So there was a lot of work done. There was a lot of work on that. And like just like you said <clears> before, the daily habits, the rituals. And I remember... Yeah. I. I literally, when I look back now, I'm actually a little bit proud of myself. So I'm like, <laughs> well done, Hinders. You did that. Because you know what, as well, even though I was accountable to Jordan, mm. he, I, I, I wasn't the kind of person, I never cried to him. And I just cracked on and got the fucking work done. Yeah. And I remember, like, there was times where I, it would maybe be a Friday night. It was the end of the week. And I was absolutely exhausted. But... It was, I'd maybe finished in the studio and I knew I still had to go and train. And, I, and my days, when I got to the weekend, I kind of knew, okay, you've got to get your training session in before midnight. <laughs> so there'd be some nights. I remember. Some nights <clears throat> I'd either be, I'd go back to my studio, get my cardio done. And that could be hot, half 11 at night. Remember? Do you remember when I used to send you, you um, messages? Oh, yeah. Like, I would be, in be you'd be on, in bed, and but you'd be on and, Instagram, and, and you'd, you'd be like, and you'd be like, are you online right now? Are you actually on that Stairmaster right now? And it, the beauty of it was, I did have a Stairmaster in my studio, which yeah. was amazing. But there would just be some nights where, go back to my studio, I've still got stair, I've still got my cardio to do, it's half 11 at night, but you know what? If I get this 30 minutes done now, oh, I, and and I, I would, that was my, my cut-off point. Yeah. And there'd be some nights where I'd be in pure gym at 10 o'clock at night yeah. because that was the only time I could get my session done, yeah. you know? I just had to get it done. Just there was no option. To had to, couldn't skip a session. Mm-hmm. Had to get it done. Had to get the business done. Had to do the emails. Had to travel to London. Had to take my prep with us. Was flying to Ireland. Had to have my prep bag with us. There was no other option but just to get the job done. So... Anyway, That's did my debut, came, not my debut, but I did my comeback. First show was Body Power, which was a freaking awesome show. Yeah. Awesome art. It was such a, such a fantastic moment. And um, I, I loved every second of it. Loved it. It was, it was such a great, great moment to be back on such a great stage. Mm-hmm. And I really felt like I brought a great, great package and my my routine I, I was at this stage i really felt like i was just at a different level of of athlete yeah. and the routine 
I mean, obviously, I, I, lucky enough that, you know, I, I can just pull this stuff together quite quickly, but I loosely had a track that I wanted to do and it was kind of dedicated to my dad who'd passed away a few years ago and I just thought this comeback yeah you're up there you're watching down doing this for you so the the the, the routine for me was really special I remember thinking like now I wanted to bring something to the stage that would be memorable for people and I knew in the routine I wanted I wanted everyone in that room in in that auditorium in body power you there's like 2,000 people in the audience mm. I want every single person to stop. I want the room to be silent when I am doing this routine. And I want everyone to to literally be on, on the edge of their seat. And it and it happened. And it was such a powerful, powerful moment for me. And um I watch the routine back now and it's it's the best presentation I've ever given. And it was just it was just such a moment and people you know people still come to me now and say oh I was there when you did that body power routine and and it just I just really felt like I peaked it was a it's a really great moment and yeah. then did that show one got the PCA pro card which was fantastic the first ever athletic figure yeah. pro card that they presented and then the next show was um was an IFBB pro qualifier where I did one in Alicante it messed up I didn't happen to get on stage after that, um, I met, basically messed up because I didn't have my number. And in the IFBB, they're very strict. They don't bend the rules for anyone. If you don't have your number, you're not going on stage. So and that was a learning curve. You disappointing know, time. Disappointing, organisation. <laughs> and But again, what can I do? Didn't cry. No time for a pity party. Sucked it up, exactly. Get no pity party, sucked it up. And it added so much fuel to my fire because the next thing was going to do two bros two bros in the all uk all or nothing this is my last is chance yeah and i literally came back from alicante and my mindset was no one's beating me mm. that's when that's when i really truly was like i think this point was an accumulation of everything mm. really i mean mm. all the work we'd done over literally three years mm. Everything you'd learned, mm-hmm. you knew it all now. Yeah. You, you, I practiced it. You practiced it. You presented it. it you know, yeah. It. You've done it all. And yeah. This was it. Now I think, you know, without giving it away, you would, no one was going to beat you on that day. It was. And, and I, but do you know what? That is, it's one of the first. That's the one of the first times that I've actually said that with confidence when I came back from Alicante, and I remember saying. To, I don't know if I even said it on social media. I don't think I did, but I was literally like, "If anyone's going to beat me, you, you guys, you better f and bring it mm. because I'm going. I'm leaving no stone unturned. These next two weeks, I'm going to be better than I was in Alicante. I'm going to be unstoppable. Mm. No one is going to. If you bring a package that is better than me on that day, I, I, I will mm. gladly give you that title. But you better bring it because I am fighting. Yeah. I want this so." Badly, I wanted it. I was desperate. Yeah. I had a desperation yeah, to was. win. I had yeah. to get that card. Yeah. Um, 
and obviously I not- remember talking to you I think it was in your hotel room the night before and I was at home yeah and we were chatting about 11 o'clock at night yeah. and we were just going to bed or you were in bed mm. or something and still doing we were doing visualizations Visual- and, going and we worked a lot on that the like yeah. the visualization played a huge part and yeah. I remember you talking me through that right okay like visualize yourself stepping on that stage presenting everything mm. perfectly that you're winning you get the medal in your hand you get the pro card in your yeah. hand yeah and in and I really I, I teach that now I pass that on to my posing clients because it's it's a huge huge factor yeah, in in being successful and seeing it through step by step and seeing it in your head and um it it, it happened yeah. it happened I got the pro card and it was such a such a great great moment and mm. a very proud moment i remember got off stage called you yeah. you know I like, hey, <laughs> we did it we did it it was awesome uh, it was such a freaking... i remember the instagram going mad and oh it my god sending me messages all I, it was so 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 crazy yeah. um and yeah it was just a really proud moment so there that was that was my bodybuilding journey mm. um i then so that was 2018, I got the pro card yeah. and I then decided, right, okay, I'm going to take a break. I'm not really sure what I want to do when the pro debut is going to happen. And then again, things kind of shifted a little bit and Posing Pro started to grow because yeah, I stepped back from the stage. The business took off really another time again. Oh, the business and really did take off. And it just, again, I came to a little bit of a crossroads what am I going to do? Compete again? I know that's going to affect how the business is growing. I'm older. I'm thirty. I'm thirty three, thirty two, thirty three at that time, and I'm getting older. Like now, I feel like my direction is starting to shift a little bit. Yeah. And now I want to. I, I want to take. Now I'd started to see the potential in the business. I wanted to see where I can actually take this. And the pose and pro and where can I go with this? Something I'm really passionate about. Mm. Um, there's a lot of potential in it. We sat down and talked about. It. We still do. Yep. Um, where where can we go? That's the when we pod, started the talking podcast about going international. International, yeah. And it so had to be the next stage. I had to, yeah. So it just meant that I needed. I almost feel like what I've kind of realised maybe in the past few months is the energy and the time I put into competing. I, that then shifted to business yeah. and it was like now now it's like I don't it's not a case of I have to have to train every day I have to get the meals in I have to do this I have to now it's like I have to be in the studio I have to do the emails I have to grow the business I have to do the website mm-hmm. and, and and now it's like it's, it's switched again like so so unfortunately training has had to take a little bit of a step back and, and the, the, there's been a shift in the dynamic and if I want this business to be successful and, and take it to where I want it to go, I have to put the business first. Absolutely. You've got to think of your future as well. Yeah, you? like I want to... Can't I'm, compete forever and no. you've got to pay the bills. Um, got to pay the bills and, that's and, it. and then I want to be successful. Grew, didn't it? Yeah. And it went more international. You know, yeah. you've done Scotland, Wales, We've, Ireland. Yeah, now, now you're into Austria. You've just come back from Dubai. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. worldwide, this yeah. thing. So it's, it's amazing where it's going. And I reckon... Yeah. You know, over the next year or two, you know, what do you want to do? What's I, mean, I, I kind of know because we talk about this yeah, stuff, but do. I think America, 
yeah. is the big one. That's the goal now. Yeah. So I kind of said at the end of 2019, the goal is now to go into in more international, past, past Europe. Let's get to Dubai was on the list. And then also America's on the list. So it's there. Put it out there. It's going to happen. Yeah. Like like I do with everything else. Absolutely. Anything I set my mind to, it's going to happen. Yeah, we stay focused. Make stay it focused. I've got big goals for the Pose and Pro. There's other things that are coming this year, which are really exciting. Yeah, some big things. Big things coming. Big changes yeah. happening. And yeah. I'll just, yeah, I definitely, I'm not done. I'm not done with the stage. I'm, I'm mm. I, you know, I, there needs to be a pro debut. So yeah. it's going to happen. You've got to do at least one. I you? have to absolutely step on that stage <laughs> as a pro. You can't work that hard to get your pro card. You <laughs> never, never do never anything. So there will definitely be one. But I've, as people have asked me, I need to get my business in a place where I can afford to take a step back yeah. from having to work solely on the business and be in a position where I can start to put prep a little bit higher up on the scale of priorities because I'm not doing prep and not being able to give it a hundred percent. Yeah. That's not me. Yeah. So I need to give a hundred percent to the business. I think another, another year. So I think 2020 will still be focused on, on the brand. Mm-hmm. And then I think 2021, then I'll be in a position to decide pro debut, you know, where you're at, what when, it's going to be, which where it's going to be, yeah. what category it's going to be. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll just take it from there. So yeah. Awesome. Exciting. Exciting times. It's been a real journey and there's loads we've missed out. There's loads we've missed out. There's other stuff as well. You know, there was all the back end stuff. We haven't talked about partners. We haven't talked about... Um, experiences bad, bad partners bad, partners, talked, bad relationships yeah your father dying passing away that as and well. that was a tough time yeah and, you know we had to get through that didn't yeah. we and yeah you know there's so much to tell and you've had such a, a varied and colorful life I you have, know, there's, I know. there's been so much going so on. much but and um, we're already an hour in <laughs> and, oh, and that's it so, so we'll have to do a part two we'll have to we'll do we'll do a part two we'll do a part two when you get america yes you know, that's yes. exciting. Um, that's going to happen. So there's a load, a load to touch on, but that was that was super cool. And I think for the people who want to know us better and want to know you better, more to the point on this podcast, um, there was plenty to go on there. You've, there's a you've, lot to you've go on. the right journey, and there's loads of stuff mm-hmm. there that every time you tell that, and I know your story, but every time you tell it, it's always one little bit that I think, oh, I never knew that bit. Oh, or yeah, no. Something like that comes out. Yeah. So it's always super exciting, mm-hmm. and it's great to mm-hmm. hear. So, hey... I think that's it. I think that's a wrap for that's now. That's a wrap, That's a wrap guys. on part one. So um, thank you very much, guys, again for listening. And yes. um, we super love your support. Listen, we were just, before Any we did this. Any kind of feedback, do let us know. Like, yeah, if you want to know more about certain topics that we talk about. Yeah, or, you know, or any ideas of things that you want us to what, talk about. Because yeah, we'll talk about wanna... anything, not just sport, guys, not just um, um, a mindset or stuff like that. We'll, we'll chit-chat about Anything. anything we're not bothered yeah. we're not bothered no. but we was looking through the stats as well before we did this guys and we're super stoked to feel your support you know the, the amount we've of downloads we've had like nearly a thousand downloads yeah and we've only just started I know and, and people around the world as well and all that and uh, obviously I coach people in lots of different countries around the world so that helps but um, still we're so shocked because we, we haven't done this to make money or anything no. like that. We just did it as part of just when we do it. we love it. We love it. We love, <laughs> and we love doing the live shows on Instagram. Yeah, we, and, yes. and, and that was super cool. Mm. So 
a lot of people asked us about podcasts, so we decided to do a podcast, and that took a year to get going because of our busy schedules. Mm-hmm. And now to be here and, and you guys to be supporting us like that as well, we're super grateful for that. So that's awesome. And if listen, as we always say, you know, give us a, a, a review, and if you could give us a written one, that'd be brilliant. And uh, give us the review. Well, yes. what it does is it just boosts the algorithms, and it yeah. just means that we can keep recording these for you. And we're already, guys starting to record the second series yes. so there's more to come more when to this come. is finished i um, love it so it's going to be awesome and so uh, the more popular we are guys by your reviews and stuff then the bigger names that yeah. we can get on to interview as well because yeah. we're going to chit chat with you just with me and emma but we're also going to be bringing you hopefully lots of interesting people to um to interview and and we don't just want sports people or people no, to do in mindset it's going to be anybody you know we just want to talk to people who have either got a message for you or they've they've achieved something or or maybe they've just lived a interesting life that's worth listening that's to. So, worth hearing about so there's a lot of stuff to come and um the next time we're in the studio that'll be my session yeah um, it's gonna be your story, story which we're gonna do next and that's a long story so we need to, get have to do quick. yours in two parts as well <laughs> yeah I, I, you know i've been around a lot longer than you so that's even more to talk. i'm not gonna i'll have to cut half you'll of have to down. cut part of yours out but um that'll be fun it'll be yes. fun so thanks again guys we're gonna get out of here now have an awesome day whatever you're doing whenever you're listening to this whatever you guys are up to um, and whatever you're doing in life, just really go for it. And yes. and remember, be kind. Be kind. Speak soon. Hi, guys. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please, please leave a positive review. And if there's any topics you want us to cover, drop it in the comments. And if you could share this with your friends, it would really mean so, so much to us. Thank you so much for listening. We can't wait to share the next episode with you. And if you want to know any more about us, you can find us on all social media platforms. Just drop by and say hello.